0: Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Morning, Java. You've been staying warm, man? I try. Well, I am too. Hey, we're gonna be talking about gardening with the next. I know it's February, it's almost Groundhogs Day, but the next hour here at Mississippi Public Broadcast, and me and Job and the folks at MPB, we'll be bringing gardening to you live. Got some cheesy music, got some emails, but it's a live program. So sit back after some news. We're gonna come back and take your calls, your concerns, things you like to share about your garden. Here it is midwinter we got plenty of stuff to do plenty of stuff to talk about and uh we're gonna take a little break and come back with more i'm horticulture's felder rushing we'll be right back here on mpb with the gestalt gardener let's get dirty
1: this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Okie okay, dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing here, and we're going to be talking about gardening. I bet it might be colder in Mississippi. I don't know. It might be colder in Mississippi than where I am. Uh, For the next uh, couple of three weeks, I'm going to be studying the best ways to get the most out of a garden in winter, middle of the winter, in uh, a classic place. I'm in northern England. I've been out uh, botanic gardens, wandering around villages already, getting some ideas on things that look good Probably the most difficult time of year to have anything interesting out there. Hey, Jabba, how you doing this morning, man?
2: Man, I'm hanging in here. Glad um, we have uh, ended our, I guess, polar vortex uh, <laughs> end of the weather. <laughs> it's kind of warmer, well. warmed up a little bit.
0: Well, I've I've had a snow bomb up here, landed uh, just the other, you know, after I got off the air last week, I, I came on over here, but now looking at some uh, some gardens and things, and matter of fact, I've got an article in uh, Mississippi's uh, independent newspapers next week, I'll talk about that a little bit more, but how does it sound okay to you?
2: Yeah, no, we're doing good, we're um, getting these calls in right now, um, we got Betty from Brandon, uh, we're gonna go ahead and just, just jump right into it, is that okay with you, Felder?
0: It's okay, I want to come back and talk about a real special day tomorrow, but let's first, let's go over to Brandon. Hey, Betty, good morning.
3: Hi, Felder. Uh, Howdy, how are you year, doing? I'm great, thank you. Good, last year on good, this good, program You recommended one of your favorite trees. You said you could cut it down at the end of the season so it, you didn't have to pick up all the leaves, and by the next year, it was
0: 20 feet tall. What was that? Yep. Well, a lot of people, most people call it Chinese parasol, like a ch- Chinese umbrella tree. And it uh-huh. goes by the Latin name of fermiana. You can recognize it. It's got great big leaves that are, are lobed. You know, they're, they're, they're not just round leaves. But the stems, the trunks, all part of it are just as green as green could be. Big old leaves. And I cut mine down every year because it shoots up. And uh and if you cut it down before the leaves fall, you don't have to pick up all those leaves all over the yard but uh Chinese parasol really fast growing I, and uh what
3: I thought that might be what it was, and when I looked it up on the internet, it says it's terribly invasive. is it invasive well, in mississippi
0: well it's it spreads, but uh you know we we you know the, the people who talk about invasive plants a lot of times. You know, they have an agenda, and I don't mean a bad agenda because there are some horribly noxious plants that spread like crazy, but anything that spreads, they call it invasive. And uh, to me, it's not that big a deal. We see a lot of them sometimes in, in certain neighborhoods where they spread around by season. I may have to pull three or four or five a year out of my yard, but, you know, it's not that big a deal. You know, they say is invasive. Oak trees are the most invasive tree in my garden, and I don't even have an oak tree. My neighbor's oak. Ch- Chinese so just, tallow a, tree is the one that's just killing me. Well, and but you know, and oddly enough, and I, I hate to get contentious with the folks who, who say it's a problem, but there are a lot of botanists who say that Chinese tallow is actually, even though it is disturbing ecosystems, uh, birds love it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is gets, a problem. That's how
3: it gets everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's not as much of a problem uh, in central Mississippi as it is down closer to the Gulf Coast, but a Chinese tallow can spread pretty bad. The the wild pears they spread pretty bad, but you know pollinators love them, birds love them, they're pretty, and for the most part, and this is the weird part, a lot of these plant, these trees are small, and you know they they don't live very long, and what happens is they colonize an area, and then other plants, the birds perch in them, and we have a bunch of native plants come in and shade them out. So you know there's pros and cons on that issue, but I wouldn't consider the Chinese parasol. Invasive can enough I, to not plant it in my yard. Can I buy one at the nursery? Some garden centers sell them. They're they're not in the normal um, wholesale trade. Most garden centers tend to sell what I call the top 40 plants. Uh, there are some uh, I have seen. Yeah, uh, there 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 is a place over in Jackson. Uh, if you'll shoot me an email, I'll tell you the name of it. That caters to landscapers and they carry a few of them. But also, I got four or five in my yard. If you want one. <laughs> They're real easy to transplant. (laughs) Okay. We appreciate your call this morning. Oh, I hate getting contentious about certain kinds of things, but I'm of two minds about a lot of things. There are some horrible weeds out there, some terrible ones, but there's a lot that are just, you know, not that big a deal. And I have to be honest about it. I I have a sliding scale of, of, um, what would Paul Harvey call selective indignation? Hey, let's go slide over to Jackson and talk with Bobby. Good morning, sir. Good morning. What's up? Okay, I have
3: these bald spots in my yard, mostly due to the activities of moles, and yeah. I want to know what can I do now to start repairing those spots to get it ready, you know, for the spring. You know, just the spots where the moles <clears throat> have been in my yard looks real bad. Yeah, yeah.
0: What can I um, do? and and these are the ones that are pushing up the tunnels as they tunnel around. Yes. Well, you know, the easiest thing to do, and this sounds like it's too, too easy, but the easiest thing is just go out and just, just walk them down. Just, just put, you know, put one foot in another and just step them down. Moles, unless you get rid of the moles, it's just going to keep coming back. And usually it's just only one or two. You can get a mole trap, but uh, they're not really active until it starts, the the ground starts warming up in the springtime. So I would just, you know, walk them down and, and uh, sometime in the spring, fertilize your grass and help it spread over the. a a little bit better
3: okay all righty.
0: all right hey appreciate your call okay Mm -hmm. by the way appreciate it bobby by the way folks it's way too early to fertilize the grass i don't want to sound like a broken record i don't care doesn't matter to me but i'm trained in turf management but i look at it from the lawn's point of view the grass's point of view and the grass says don't give me any fertilizer until after i've been mowed a time or two in the spring let the grass green up been mowed a time or two before you start pushing it with fertilizers. There's four, five, six good reasons to not fertilize before spring, and that's just one of them. The grass wants to be left alone until spring, so let's don't push it with fertilizer. If you want to put out weed killers, go with the weed killer, not weed and feed. Uh, weed and feed is a real popular product because it's convenient, but you know if you put enough sugar in toothpaste. Uh, That would outsell all the other toothpaste put together. Sugar is good. Toothpaste is good. You don't mix the two together. Same thing as weed and feed. And let's slide down to Mobile down the Gulf Coast. Hey, John, how are you, sir? Yes, sir. Um, Can you hear me? Yeah, I I sure can. How about you? Do I sound coming across okay?
3: It's hard to believe
0: you're over in
2: England right now. Listen, I have a question (laughs) for you. Uh, When I moved in my house in Mobile, I had two great oak trees in front of me. I think yeah. they're water oak. They're large-leaved plants. They drop a lot of leaves, but they've been a blessing. Um, I'm thinking about the generation that comes next after me. Um, yeah. I'm, what I'm looking for is to plant another tree that is some, so someone can enjoy that tree as much as I've enjoyed these trees. I'm looking at wanting an oak, something that will provide shade to the house. It, it may take 40 years
3: or whatever, but at least someone will uh, enjoy that tree once I've left.
0: What's well, it's it's a good idea, but there's, there's there's several trees that do really well down there. Uh, I'm going to just gonna throw, throw three of them out that a lot of people don't even think about as what I call legacy trees. One is bald cypress, regular old bald cypress like you see out in the swamps. It grows great in poor soils, and it doesn't... It's not a leaf litter problem, and they grow straight up real fast. So if you put them fairly close to the side of a house, they will shade it uh, in the in the afternoon, and they'll be there just about longer than anything except maybe a cedar or a magnolia. But bald cypress are really pretty fast-growing, and they live a long time. And, and they're bald, pretty plants.
3: Bald cypress. B-A-L-D?
0: Yeah, no, 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 B-A-L-D. Uh, most B-A-L-D. people just call them cypress. Yeah, just it's the kind of cypress trees you see out in the swamps and stuff. It's a great, okay. I, I I plant them against the west side of my house because they get grow straight up, aren't a leaf litter problem, and get, give good shade. Um, there's another smaller tree that's pretty fast growing that lives a long time, and uh, believe it or not, it's a Chinese elm. Some people call them drake, D-R-A-K-E, but drake elm is a good one. It's a fairly small tree, but it gets plenty of size, got pretty bark, and uh, it's less likely to blow over in a hurricane than some of these other trees. That's so those good. are good. And also also the live oak tree, which is native to the Gulf Coast. See, so th- those are three pretty good ones right there.
3: That's what I
2: want. And, and they,
0: w- they they won't take 60 years. You know, uh, five or six years, you got really enjoy them yourself.
3: That's good. You've done a good job. You can go home now. Thank you. I appreciate
0: that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, One thing I did not mention to John is, and this is something I learned, I worked at a tree nursery. We planted trees in fields, we planted containers, we dug them out of the fields, we landscaped with them. In my own garden, when I want a tree, I want fast, I want dependable, I want it to do the best possible in the shortest amount of time. And believe it or not, a small tree will outgrow a bigger tree of the same species Every time you got a choice between a knee high or a or a ten foot plant, I'd go with the knee high plant every single time. And believe me, I've got forty something years of planting trees experience to stand behind that. That's so, hey Java. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, John. Good luck Thank you on man. it, man. I yes, got sir, an friend, email what's up? To, I got an email last week from a lady who wanted. She said she plant stuff and look good for two or three years and then die. I got two simple tricks for planting stuff. Dig a wide hole and then loosen up the bark in the potting soil, and you pull it out of the pot. A lot of people don't do that, and they end up with a, a, a root say just like the pot. Hey, uh, have you ever heard a whistle pig?
2: <laughs> now, that's you, you. You got me on that one.
0: <laughs> whistle pig is an old country name for a plant for 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 a, a critter uh, that we call uh, groundhogs.
1: Ah, groundhogs. yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: Actually, in the south, we call them woodchucks. A woodchuck and a groundhog are the same thing. Big old, they're, they're like rats. They're rodents that can get up to 20 pounds. So uh, anyway, they can really wreck a garden. I'd like to find out if anybody listening down close to the Gulf Coast has ever seen one, because usually they're from you know here in Jackson further north. So, um, anyway, tomorrow's Groundhog Day. Have you heard of it before?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorite movies with uh, Bill Murray.
0: <laughs> yes, we're waiting for the seer of seers, Punxsutawney Phil. He lives in a place called Knob Hill, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's supposed to be if he sees his shadow, it's going to mean a longer winter. And when we come back for a little break, we can take your phone calls. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING, 877-MPB-RING. And when we come back from this break, before we go to the phone calls, I'm going to explain a little bit about where Groundhog Day came from. I'm a horticulturist, fellow rushing. You've tuned in to Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Party. We call it the Gestalt Gardener. We're going to take a really, really short break. Come back with your phone calls, some announcements about events that are coming up. See what else is going on. Give us a call, won't you? We'll be right back.
1: MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting for more information.
0: All righty, folks. Welcome back to, again, Horticulture's Rushing. Yes, I am a long ways away. I'm about... Oh, about 5,000 miles as a crow flies over in northern England, uh, where I'm visiting uh, gardens for ideas in the wintertime. Now, keep in mind, just two weeks ago, two weeks ago, it's hard to believe, I was in South Florida visiting botanical gardens, trying to see what grows well that far south in tropical areas. Now I'm seeing what grows in extreme northern areas, and I'm trying to find a happy blend of What's that old Steeler Wheel song? Stuck in the middle with you. We're stuck in the middle. And there are plants that look tropical. There are plants that grow in Canada. But the most important thing is what looks good this time of year. Spring is easy. Summer is kind of easy, kind of hot, not fun to be out there. Fall color is easy where we live. But what looks good first week in February, and you can put it in your yard and have something that looks good. I'm gonna share a few of those ideas um, with you in just a minute. and before we go to uh, to Alabama, let me mention this. Uh, Java talking about Groundhog Day. Uh, a lot of people don't realize it started as kind of a religious superstition. Uh, uh, church members used to bring their candles to be blessed at the church for the coming year. There was even a an English rhyme that went, "If Candlemas be fair and bright, come winter have another flight. If Candlemas brings clouds and rain." Go winter and come not again. Anyway, the Germans introduced an animal. They they said if a hedgehog saw a shadow on Candlemas Day, which is February the second, there'd be a second winter or six more weeks of bad weather. In 1886, German settlers uh, in North Central Pennsylvania didn't have any hedgehogs, so they dug out a hibernating groundhog, and the rest is Knob Hill history. So that's what Groundhog Day is. All about. Hey, now let's go over to Alabama, to northwest Alabama, Hamilton. Hey, Mark, good morning.
3: Hey, thank you for taking my call.
0: Sure. What's up? Look,
3: um, about uh, two or three years ago, I lost several trees, fruit trees that I had planted, and they all had what I want to call moss growing on them. That sort of light blue-green stuff that grows, I guess it's a type of moss. And it's called lichens, lichen.
0: L- L-I-C-H-E-N-S, lichens.
3: Okay. I'm getting the same thing again, and I'm wondering if that stuff's what killed all of those because everyone that got the lichen died. And now I'm getting yeah. it again, and I'm wondering if it's uh, if it's hazardous to the plants.
0: Well, and this is a real interesting question. Most people see the, the, the lichens growing on a tree that's dying, and they – Logically assume that's killing the tree. And the truth is, they're the symptom that the tree not growing well in the first place. Been hit with a lawnmower, uh, seen bad dirt, it wasn't planted right, it's old, it's been diseased, it's, uh, it's hard drought. Anything that weakens a plant, uh, they can't shed the lichen. We see lichens growing on tombstones and rocks and iron bridge railings, literally. Uh, so they grow on anything that doesn't move. And if a tree's not growing well, those lichens will stay crushed instead of flaking off, and um, they're the symptom that the trees are having some kind of trouble, not the cause of it. And I'm real sure of that.
3: These are uh, actually uh, crepe myrtles that I'm, I'm getting yeah. on most of them. And I'm wondering, yeah. is there something that I should spray uh, to try to get rid of it? or and the, well, uh, that seems healthy? Uh,
0: yeah, again, lichens are not a problem. There, there are some things you could spray to burn them off, but they're not causing the problem. Okay. They're, you know, you could flake them off with your fingernail. I mean, they're, they're literally just crusty stuff growing on, on trees. Again, just like on rocks. See, so, you know, they, in other words, I would almost look at them as something interesting and then treat whatever the symptom is. It could be the crepe myrtle's got some winter damage or extreme drought or... You know, they might have been big plants. A lot of times we see when people set out big plants, they don't get rooted real fast. They have a lot more top growth than the root, roots can support. Right. We see this a lot on, around landscapes where they put out big plants to begin with. So anyway, this, the, the approach I would use would be a little fertilizer, some water, maybe thin out some of the branches and limbs on the trees okay. to take the workload off of the roots. And, and And that'll happen, but the lichens themselves, not a problem, okay. seriously, really.
3: I appreciate your help very much and uh I will uh, I'll take that action. I appreciate you.
0: Yeah, yeah. If if you Google it, you'll see that I'm not alone. This is this is nothing new here. So good luck on it.
3: Thank you very much.
0: All righty. Hey folks, let me let me give you a few things that are coming up in gardens. I love to help promote gardening events and, and there's a few. Uh there's a lot coming up next month, but um just you know, coming up right away, uh tomorrow, February the second, if you're in central Mississippi, the uh the historic Greenwood Cemetery, which is a block north of the state capitol, has got all these wonderful old antique roses. Uh, and the the this is Greenwood historic Greenwood Cemetery. Anyway, this is going to be a pruning party. It's going to be Northwest Street, just north of the state capitol. If you bring some gloves and some pruners, loppers, and clippers and stuff, then uh, there'll be folks there who show you how to prune roses. But most important, they'll show you how to save some of those cuttings and stick them in some dirt, and root them yourselves. Many of the roses in that cemetery were grown from cuttings that, that, that I and, and, and other folks who work there have rooted from other roses. I stuck uh, 10 cuttings each of four different kinds of roses a uh, week and a half ago in my, my garden. They'll be rooted by spring. So if you'll learn how to root roses, how to prune roses, it's free. Bring some pruning shears and gloves. Historic Greenwood Cemetery, downtown Jackson, starting at 9 o'clock. Also tomorrow, Saturday, February the 2nd, the Brookhaven Camellia Society having this annual show. They've been doing this a long time. Uh, It's going to be at a place called the Homestead uh, at Brookhaven Nurseries. It's on Highway 51 South. Brookhaven, nurse, uh, Brookhaven. Plants in bloom are going to be for sale, but from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock, you can see some incredible camellias, talk with camellia people, buy some camellias. But again, 2 to 5 on Saturday, Homestead at Brookhaven Nurseries, Highway 51 South in Brookhaven. Uh, there's some other things coming up, but nothing real soon, so let's slide up to Columbus and talk with Nick. Hey, Nick, good morning. How you doing, Phil? i got a question for you. Um, yeah, sure. Right. Narcissus paper white bulbs. I have them planted uh-huh.
3: in uh in glass beads in a jar. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm using 10% alcohol, 90% water. Do you use, right? That's what I. Do you use that process throughout the duration of the plant, or do you do it just one time?
0: Well, I, I usually do it, you know, it, when you first do it, the water just touches the bottom of the balls. Once you start growing roots, the water will go down every week or so. So I'll add it a couple of times. But once, you know, they shoot up, once you can start seeing those little buds, of the, the not just the leaves, but the flower buds coming up in there, you can yeah, just plain that. water. Yeah, the, I, what I would do is I would actually pour it out and rinse it a little bit because sometimes the alcohol can... Kill a few roots and the water gets stinky. So what I what I've done, and I did this just last week, uh, is uh, pour pour that water off and replace it with some kind of uh, room temperature water, and they'll come right on.
3: All right, I got they're up they're up about uh, six eight inches, and they've already got buds on the top of them. But I yeah didn't know that's it. You
0: continue.
3: I didn't know whether you continue to add the alcohol when you add water. No.
0: No, all we're trying to do is stunt their roots and stunt their stems, and once that ha- once they start to bloom, it's all over. Just just go in and enjoy it. But I'd and I'd smell the water. If it's starting to smell kinda of funky, just rinse it in some room temperature water and replace it with clear water and it'll do fine. But they're they're gotcha. gonna be blooming within a week and a half. Oh yeah. Well they they're not far from blooming now. The buds the bugs are getting go. real heavy. They've gotten real there heavy. There you go. All, all righty, right. appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. All righty. You know, Java. I was talking about upcoming events. Those are the two things that I've got on my calendar for right now. But I will throw out something that's not related to gardening at all, but it's a personal thing. Uh, Back in the uh, late 1960s, early 1970s, we were involved in a war overseas. It was not real popular at that time. I was about to be drafted, so I enlisted and became a member of the United States Navy Band. And it sounds kind of weird, but, you know, I was on an aircraft carrier with bombers landing on my roof. But... um, had a lot of fun. They're small, they're professional, they have a lot of fun. Uh, and the U.S. Navy Band is going to be in Pearl, Mississippi on February the 24th. It's a free concert, Pearl, Mississippi. Uh, start at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll give some more details if anybody's interested. But it's a free concert, small group of, of uh, really fun-loving, fairly young professional musicians called the United States Navy Band. I'm a proud member of that group, and I uh, wish I was going to be there. Might, might make it, who knows? Uh, anyway, not related gardening, but it's a personal thing. I have now, a soft spot for better. Yeah. What? Now
2: I was going to say, um, wh- I know you said this before, but what instrument did you play in the band?
0: Well, I hate to hate to say that we were a bunch of anarchists because we swapped <laughs> each other's instruments. You know, I usually play trombone, but I would do baritone saxophone, whatever, because you know we all knew the songs.
2: Oh, okay, but, okay.
0: Uh, but we, we were doing concerts. You know, I'm not talking about parades and in ceremonies we we're gonna do concerts so i was a trombone player
2: well i of fact, I, I, play, I don't think i've ahead. ever told you this but i i play baritone saxophone in my in my concert high, uh in my high school concert band
0: you know it t- t- <laughs> t- t- takes a big guy to fill that thing up yes that sir yes sir is incredible <laughs> incredible one, one of my favorite uh weird instruments I shouldn't say weird. You know what I'm saying. You got a honk on a bear, berry Sacks,
2: and it's a uh, the 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 case is just um uh it's is very very big. But um we got well let's before we go to this cheesy tune because you you queued up something um I guess right on time for for Groundhog's Day I should I should yep. say but uh we, classic too. we have V in uh in Waynesboro um who wants who wants to talk with you this morning?
0: Okay, let's go down to Wayne County. What's up, V? Hey.
3: Hi, I enjoy your show here in Wayne County and would love to follow your events around Mississippi. My question is how to um, root rosebush trimmings. I cut my neighbor. My neighbors had a rosebush. Oh, it ought to be about five feet tall, and it was stringy, and um, she wasn't taking care of it. So I went there, and I pruned it the best I could. And I have these Uh trimmings, and I'm wondering how
0: to root and to root the trimmings and fertilize her um, rose bush. Okay. Did, did, have you already pruned the rose? I did. Did you cut it really hard? Did she get mad at you? Because if she didn't get mad at you, you didn't cut it far enough. Oh, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't even. She, she let me have it. So cut a couple. Of, I, I i cut them back to a couple of feet high.
1: Well, I did um, that. It's want, about
0: two or good. three feet high. Yeah, that's fine. Now, the way to root roses, when I was in the studio last week, I showed uh, Java uh, a cutting like I take. Usually, I'm going to, you know, the stuff at the very end doesn't root well. And that big old stuff at the base, doesn't root. I, I shoot for, for cuttings that are about the size of a pencil. You know, you and I are probably old enough to remember what a pencil is. Kids don't, but not quite as big around as a pencil and not quite as long. But, you know, usually you can get two or three cuttings off a long stem somewhere in the middle of that stem. Pieces about the size of a cutting. And uh, what I do, V, is I work up the dirt in a, like a flower bed. I plant pansies and violas in the wintertime. And what I do is I just stick these cuttings down in between those plants about halfway in, and I leave them alone, just water the the, the flowers. And by the time it's time to pull the flowers up in the summer to put summer stuff out, roses have rooted. They, they They root at, you know, they don't root in the winter. They root sort of in the early spring. So I just put them between pansies and stuff and dig them up sometime in may and they're ready to go but about the size of a pencil okay and from the middle of the long the long stem right the 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 stuff you know if you get if you got a stem the stuff at the end really doesn't root that well uh and the big you know at the base of the stem is big as my finger my little finger pencil size usually what i go with Okay.
3: Um, I saw something on the Internet said scrape the the um, the the ends of the cutting and put it in the emulator. Yep.
0: And, yep. and then cur- cover it up with a little jar and all that stuff. That's that's from people who feel like they've got to take up space with words. I've written 18 books and I can write a whole chapter on composting, but all you got to do is pile stuff up. You know, but if you're writing a book, you can't just say pile stuff up. Well, we ain't writing a book here, V. I take pencil-sized cuttings, stick them in the dirt between winter flowers, and leave them alone till May. That's what my great-grandmama did. That's what I do, and it works. Yes, sir. Thank you. you. If you you want to use the the rooting powder, you – Let's say you root 100 cuttings. If you use rooting powder, maybe 70 of them will root. If you don't, maybe 50 of them will root. So what I do, V, I stick twice as many cuttings as I want plants, and because about half of them are going to root no matter what. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> okay, appreciate it. All righty, Java. Let's let's roll with something that's very appropriate for this time of year. It's classic bluegrass. <laughs>
1: Look out my window and what do I see? Look out my window and what do I see? There's a groundhog hiding behind a tree. Whoa, groundhog! Now he's running for the shed. The groundhog's running for the shed. Well, I guess that's where he makes his bed. Whoa, groundhog! The groundhog's eating all the food in my garden The groundhog's eating all the food in my garden Well, that's one thing that I can't pardon Oh, groundhog So I put up a fence to keep him out Put up a fence to keep him out But he dug a hole with his paws and snout Whoa, groundhog The groundhog's got himself a wife The groundhog's got himself a wife And I guess he has a real good life Oh, groundhog Groundhog's got himself some kids The groundhog's got himself some kids Well, look what those baby groundhogs did Oh, groundhog Whoa, groundhog Whoa, groundhog
0: Okie dokie, folks. hope you enjoyed that. That was some classic bluegrass, old brown hog. And if that old uh, whistle pig tomorrow sees it shadow up in Pennsylvania, so supposed to have a little bit longer winter. Don't know for sure. By the way, I've got a friend named Jesse Yancey. I'm going to try to get him on the program sometime. But Jesse is Jackson's top gorilla gardening. Gorilla meaning uh, under the curve of darkness. He has colonized uh, a couple of corners uh, near where he lives in the Bellhaven area of Jackson, where he's been growing um, vegetables and flowers and vines and, and just bulbs and all sorts of stuff, he's turned it to a little wonderland. But uh, he's he's taken over an area of a parking lot that he can't jackhammer, can't dig in it, so he's building a raised bed on top. But he's doing a thing called hugel culture. A lot of people have heard me talk about hugel culture in the past. Basically, it's piling up logs and limbs covering those with twigs and leaves, covering those with leaves, throwing some compost in top. And as it breaks down, it makes a wonderful place to grow stuff. It's called mound culture. Just pile big stuff, cover up middle stuff, cover that little stuff, throw some dirt on top. He's going to be ready to go. Anyway, looking forward to watch that happen. Uh, now, let's be, before I talk about some of the um the plants that look good in gardens right now for us not South Florida not England but pl- things you'll see in both of those before we do that let's talk with Mike who's calling from on the road where are you Mike
3: Well I'm just coming into the endo national forest i 20 well,
0: yeah what's up
3: I'm looking to plant about 500 feet of fence line i need to get a visual screen between me and a neighbor yeah. I'd like to see if you have any recommendations of east central, the oh, yeah. Meridian. Uh, something will grow yeah. in quick and quick and thick.
0: Yeah, uh, I do have a couple of ideas. And by the way, we can follow it up if you want to with an email. If you want to shoot me an email, I'll get a little bit more detail. But in a nutshell, whatever grows fast is should be seen as temporary. So plant you some long, some some things that could be there a while with fast stuff in between. Okay, because the fast stuff it'll jump, and you can grow stuff if you want to uh, uh, that are fast growing, like um, uh, legustrum, old-fashioned plant, old Japanese legustrum. Get some small ones, and they will double in size the first two years. So a small plant can outgrow a bigger plant. Um, and I've got a list of plants that make good screening plants: like cedars. You know, cedars are all over your area of the woods. They're great. They're pretty fast growing, and they will be there for a long time. You put a cedar tree every five or six or seven feet, it's going to make a screen in practically no time. Uh, But let me throw this out. Instead of planting any one thing, whether it's red tips or iliagnus or ligustrum or any of those kind of things, uh, think about planting groups of things and mixing them up. In, In other words, a mixed hedge instead of just one long thing. That way you can plant a a group of things here and a group of things there and something completely different in between to kind of mix it up.
3: That all sounds good, and I've heard a lot of those names asking around the
0: neighborhood. If you'll shoot me an email, I've got a list of eight or ten really good ones for this. Let me throw out two other things, though, Mike. If you'll plant a small plant, again, will always – First of all, be cheaper, and it will actually outgrow a bigger one. But if you'll dig, if you'll till up the area maybe four feet wide, you know, the the what makes them grow fast is side roots. So if you can work up an area three or four feet across, and then whatever you buy, loosen up the potting soil and roots. Then when you put them in the ground, cover it with a thick layer of bark or some other kind of mulch then they'll have side routes quicker than anything else you could do. That's what makes them jump up. Uh, but the last thing is uh, if you've ever driven towards Jackson late in the afternoon from a reading, you know how the sun gets right in your eye and you have to use your hand or the visor. Right. That's called a, that's called a baffle. And if you'll look at the places that are specifically irritating, you know, the view that you really don't like, it doesn't matter what it could be, a house could be somebody, I don't know. But if you'll put, a couple of fence, a couple of posts about, oh, six or eight feet apart, and then get you some lattice put in between them up off the ground, sort of like holding your hand up in the sky to shade your eyes from the sun. Those are called baffles. baffles. You could put two or three of those in strategic spots a little bit closer to the house, and they will shade, I mean, they'll shield a much bigger area instantly, cheaply, while your other plants get some size on them. Great. that makes sense? Yes, it does. Okay, off I'll follow you up with an email. Make okay, do do that because I get a lot of calls about this. And by the way, folks, if you have questions during the uh, week about gardening, I try to catch up on. Every now and then one gets bounced back and I I don't hear about it, but shoot us an email anytime, garden at Org. I got a list of some really good plants and fruit plants and house plants and uh you know visual. all all the, just email me because we can get a little bit more detail that way. Meanwhile let's slide over to I don't mean Maxine where is Waterford? So uh, yes where where is Waterford? Are you calling for Waterford? Yes, this just going south, headed out of Oxford, right below Avey. Okay, okay. You gotta right be right going there to get there. Going toward oh. how it's there you go. What I call up in the nosebleed part of North Mississippi. So what can now? I help you with? That's the the ice box. It's get cold up there. In the cold Mississippi, in uh, You bet. What can what can I help you with today?
1: I'm sorry, I can't. I can't hardly hear you because I'm on the road and I'm using my cell phone. And okay.
0: It's hard for me to hear okay. and understand what you're asking. Okay. What can I help you, you with? That's okay. What can I help you with? I have an Easter lily, and um, it's just hard for me to keep it alive. The the
1: leaves are drying up and falling off. I keep it watered, but that
0: doesn't seem to be helping. And
1: I keep in a it in pot. out
0: at room temperature. Yeah. Here Here's the deal, Maxine. Easter lilies are not good houseplants. They want to be outside. They grow them in pots just for Easter, and after that, you put it out in the yard, and it'll come back every year as a as a, as a yard plant. But they're hard to keep alive indoors, low light, low humidity, and cool temperatures. So, um, And what I do is I would just think about planting it out in the yard this spring because it'll come back every year. every year. It won't bloom for Easter, but it'll bloom in May. But I I'd, I'd put Easter lily in a flower bed outside. It's hard to okay. grow indoors, okay, I thought it was a house plant I didn't know <laughs> well, and, and see here's the other thing is when they live outside, they always die down in the wintertime and then uh-huh. they come back up in the and they come back up in the spring. That's the reason that you know they're not good year round plants they want to die down in the fall and then come back in the spring, so that's how I treat it okay, okay, thank you for I, that. I, I, let me let me throw out one other thing, Maxine. You go to a store and buy you some plastic Easter lilies and stick them in the pot. Nobody but you and me will know. (laughs) Okay, I tried it. Thank you. I appreciate you calling. Now hands on the wheel. Bye. Okay, let's talk to Bernie. Bernie, what's going on in Kosciusko, Ma'am? Hi, it's Benny. (laughs) Benny, Um, Benny. Okay, bifocals. I don't care whether I'm in Mississippi or in England. Bifocals really mess me up. So uh, what's up, Benny? Um, well, Bernie, you t- Benny. <laughs> you were talking about
3: <laughs> trees earlier, and uh, our family was looking to plant. Uh, originally, it was going to be a white oak in our family cemetery at the front of the cemetery, but right? uh, my concern was that in future years, I know these grandchildren uh, will not be coming <laughs> to, uh, um, you know, clean up and everything. And I think thought oak produces a lot of. Uh, so a lot of other trees might grow, so
0: that was right So then I was switching to a maple. Would that be sufficient? Uh-huh. As, as yeah, maple trees? will do fine. But 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 then any, any kind of plant, you know, they're going to have to. No matter what you plant here in the south, birds are going to perch in it. They're going to drop seeds on the ground. You're going to get weeds. So somebody at least every year or two is going to have to clean out from under. No matter what you plant, except for a magnolia tree. Magnolia trees are—you know—they're dense. Nothing to grow up under them. They drop their leaves. They they mulch themselves. So you might want to think about a magnolia tree because it's a state flower, state tree, and it'll live 150, 200 years with no care at all. Oh. But uh, uh any any kind of tree that drops its leaves, you're gonna have winter weeds. You gonna somebody's got to get out there and clean up under it. Uh, but a maple would do fine. An oak would do fine. Any of those kind of plants that do fine. But you want know something that's gonna last a long time. Think about something sturdy like a like a cedar tree or a magnolia tree that are just really durable, live for a long time, and uh, you don't have a problem with weeds under them. That's okay. what I would do. Well, yeah. Well, my concern was that
3: uh, other trees would grow from those seeds that were dropping, and
0: yeah, would, well, that's maybe, what the whole area yeah that were grown. That was, well, yeah, and, and that's true, but they're going to come from woods from a mile away anyway. So I would I would plant mostly what pleases you, uh, but if you want something that's going to be fairly, uh, you know, stay in one spot, uh, cedar trees, magnolia trees, cypress trees, they'll last a long, long time. Okay. Uh, you know, you you know, you might even want to think about planting something that's, uh, you know, that is going to perform at whatever time of year you think people are going to be out visiting. You know that's another thing to keep in The the one tree I would not plant, and I hate to say this, is a crepe myrtle tree. Everybody loves crepe myrtles, but they got a problem coming down the road, and we're not going to be able to take care of it, except in unusual or extreme circumstances. So I would not plant a crepe myrtle. Okay. okay. Um, I, so I anyway, it. I ha- well Benny, I've got a list of some really good plants that grow well without a lot of problems in cemeteries. As a matter of fact, I call the list. Plants that dead people can grow. If you want a list of that, shoot me an email. I'll, I'll help you with that because I know you want something that's going to a memorial, that's not going to cause people problem down the road, and I got a list of them. Okay,
3: great. I will email you then. Okay,
0: Maybe appreciate it. Please, appreciate okay, you. sure. It's garden at org. Got it? Okay, though, folks. We're gonna take a real quick break for um, underwriters, and when we come back, we got time to take some phone calls. You wanna shoot us a, a phone call, one eight seven seven MPB ring. I also have a list of plants that look great this time of year. I mean, terrific, low maintenance, durable, hardy, mid south coast to north Mississippi and Tennessee plants that perform in February. We're gonna to touch on some of those when come back, but. Also, you can send me an email, and I'll send you a list of these things. It's also going to be featured in weekly and daily newspapers across Mississippi, compliments of the Mississippi Press Association. They carry my columns every week. But meanwhile, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to take a real quick break and come right back. Okie okay, dokie, folks. Welcome back, Horticulture's fellow rushing. I like to. Uh, I was t- explaining to job at the beginning of the program. I am in a very cold place. It got down to uh, what we would call five or ten degrees here there's a foot of snow on the ground outside Uh, but this weekend I'm going out to visit some uh, botanic gardens Uh, in England they design their gardens have something to look at every week of the year and one of the hardest times to have something that looks good is in the middle of the winter especially when there's a lot of snow out there well we don't have a lot of snow but we still can have great looking plants that look Wonderful middle of the winter. Uh, I've got a list of these plants. If you'd like to shoot me an email, garden at Online dot org. But uh, just her. for an
2: example, yeah, yeah, man. No, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to jump jump in there, but you talking yeah. about those hardy plants? Um, you gave me those paper whites not too long ago, and yeah. I, I think I'm messing them up because they um the tips are starting to turn a little yellow. They they're not as hardy as I thought.
0: Oh, they Are they blooming?
2: Yeah, they're blooming.
0: Okay, they, when they get through blooming, throw them away. Oh. They're only hardy out. They, they're only hardy in the yard. Once you put them in a put them in a pot full of, of water, pretty well waste them. They're a one shot thing.
2: Oh, okay. So that was my mess up.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no! It's a misconception. No, they're 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 hardy out in the ground. They, mine are in full bloom right now. That came from my great grandmother's yard. As soon as you put one in a pot and make it grow in water, it's a one-shot thing.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Well, so all a, right.
0: Just cl- close one eye, and the brown tips go away.
2: All right, and, and we're coming up on the end of the program, so um, we got another call to uh, get to uh, Barbara in South Haven. Um, wants to talk with you this morning. You online? Yeah, let's uh, do go that. ahead, Barbara.
0: Okay. Hey, Barbara. Good morning. Good morning to you.
3: I have a question on my hydrangeas. You know, we've Uh had terribly cold temperatures, and it's killing off some of the tips of them. Right. I, I know when I used to have azaleas, I would cover them with a sheet. Is there anything to do for
0: these? Not really. And keep in mind, hydrangeas grow up in the Canada. So it's not so much the cold that's getting them, it's the warm weather and then sudden cold that gets them. Oh, see, so you don't okay. see, I mean, they grow in Canada, they grow up in Scotland. Uh, mm. But most people in sometime in February or early March, they cut the hydrangeas back a little bit anyway. Even if they got new growth up near the tops, uh-huh. if you cut them back just a little bit, a foot or two, they'll put out new growth that's actually stronger. You don't oh. have to cut them back far, but that gets rid of the tips. And, and sometime later this month or March, even if they got new leaves showing them, just go back and cut the tips back a foot or so, and they'll do great. Okay. But I I, 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 I would not cover them up.
3: Okay. Well, I didn't know that. I
0: sure will then. Okie dokie. You okay. know, country folks never cover nothing up. Yeah, I know. And theirs did, <laughs> and theirs did fine. Okay. Pre- Thank you a lot. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. Okie doke. Now let's talk to, uh, is it Barbara or Billy?
2: It's Billy.
0: No, Bill, Billy and Brandon. It was Barbara in South Haven. What's Actually, up, Billy? Actually, it's
2: Billy and Benson.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, don't mind, I'm here. I got bi man. What's up?
3: He yeah, asked a question about hot pepper. I got some seed for hot pepper that's supposed to
2: be the hottest pepper in the known universe. Is there anything I can do to enhance the germination or just put warm water on it when the time comes?
0: Well, one one thing you could do is wait as long as you can. I got friends who start stuff now. You you have all summer to make hot peppers. I'd wait till March before I started them. Uh, yeah. And you don't have to put hot water on them. Just just soak them a little bit, plant them, and then if you start them in little pots, cover the pots up with some Saran wrap or something. Don't put them in the sunshine, but that Saran wrap over the top of the potter soil will keep it humid. What they need uh-huh. is humid and warm. So if you'll plant them in some moist potting soil, cover it with some Saran wrap, and put them in a place that's warm but not hot sun, they'll jump.
3: I so I'll do that, and I appreciate that. Thank you, sir.
0: Okay. Hey, 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 hey! Let us know how they do, 'cause uh, I mean, I've grown the jalokia, the the nagi pepper, the scorpion pepper, some of the hottest peppers. There's one called the the Dorset jalokia that may be what you're growing, and they'll eat you up. A, but look, it's, it's not the
2: jalokia; it's the Smokin' Edge Carolina Reaper.
0: <laughs> I, I, do, I know about the carolina reaper it'll kill you man be careful with it and wash your hands before you rub your eyes Oh,
3: thank you sir. I appreciate
0: it you you bet appreciate your call okay i don't know if we have time for any more calls what do you think java starting to get towards the end there yeah I think we I
2: think we I've, I've X out the line so if anybody else has a question they need to uh, send them to your email and uh, and and you do respond I think some people um, have a, a kind of a misconception about sending emails but um, Felder will respond back to you with the answer to your question
0: <laughs> I do it's not like I got a real job I'm snowed in until tomorrow anyway but uh, I was gonna talk about some of the plans that looked great the first weekend in, in uh, uh, February let me just throw out real quick because I know we're at the end of time, but evergreen stuff like palmetto and aspidistra, uh, variegated yucca, legustrum, little gem magnolia, they provide the backbone, the arborvitae. They give you the, that, that texture and structure, winter bones. But then you can uh, add stuff like camellia, flowering quince is in full bloom, winter honeysuckle, so fragrant. Japanese apricot uh, is an unbelievable flowering plant for the dead of winter. Mahonia with the yellow flowers. Uh, we have all sorts of those kind of things, uh, but also things with berries like Nandinas and Pyracantha and, and different kinds of hollies, they, they look good. Uh, then if you put out there some paperwhite Narcissus, some of these colorful creeping sedums, uh, some kale, pansies, violas, dusty miller, and winter hellebores. There's a perennial called hellebore that's in full bloom in my garden, middle of the winter. Regardless of your garden style, contemporary, southern, Ori- Japanese, English, uh, suburban style, you can have a collection of evergreen shrubs, flowering shrubs, uh, skirting perennials, and a few annuals in a pot that look fantastic. In the dead of winter, something to warm your heart on a cold, winter day. Uh, again, if you've got some things that I can help promote, some garden events, shoot me an email. Got questions about gardening, got something to share? Shoot me an email. Got to need a list of plants that'll do well in different conditions? Shoot me an email. Over the years, I've come up with some real short, some very concise, well-thought-out research lists of plants that simply won't die in the Deep South. This is is what I do. The uh, Gestalt Gardens Production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, me and Java Chapman have been having a good time bringing this to you. My bifocus and I are sort of muddling through, but if you have a chance this week, a chance to take a kid, any kid, to a garden center. Take them out there. Show them how to find a few plants and put out there that'll be there through the springtime. Who knows? Maybe the rest of life. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. Hey, don't forget to drink water, because even in the wintertime, we can dry out. Get a little sunshine. It'll cheer you up. And uh, we'll be talking with you next week right here on Mississippi Public Broad- Broadcasting. Thanks for calling.
1: Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Atmos Energy with a reminder to call 811 before starting to dig to get underground utility-owned lines located and marked. It's free, it's safe, and it's the law.